when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is She and Her. I am Sandra Davidson here tonight without Anita, who is out of town, but I am thrilled to have my guest co-host, Lucy Jones. Hey, Lucy. Hi, Sandra. So Lucy is a recent high school graduate who is heading to Brown University in the fall, but she's been working with me and Anita this summer, and if you caught our most recent podcast episode, you will know her. Lucy is a podcast producer herself, and this summer we asked her to pitch a couple of topics for us to explore in the show, and tonight we are doing a show on one of those topics that she's pitched, which was how social media impacts the way teenage girls, so her peers, see themselves. We talk a lot about social media on the show, and it's a subject that I'm constantly interrogating myself about personally. Like, is it good? Is it bad? How does it affect how I see myself? How does it affect how I relate to other people and see the world? So I'm super stoked to have this topic explored tonight. So Lucy, why don't you tell us who you've invited into the studio with us, and we will get it going. Yeah, I'm super excited to do this. I also think about social media Um, in relation to a lot of things we've talked about already on the show, like wokeness, identity, sexuality, stuff like that. Um, So today I brought in two of my good friends, um, Jasper Butani and uh, Lana Kalfas. So both of them went to my high school. Lana was in my grade, really good friends. And Jasper graduated one year before us. Um, And so we're all on social media, and I think we're all on pretty similar social media platforms, but I would say we all use them in slightly different ways. So I thought it would be really interesting to bring them in and kind of explore how we differ in our use of social media and also where we overlap. Um, I also thought it'd be really interesting because Lana and I are both kind of on the brink of going to college, um, but Jaspreet's already been there for one year, and so maybe exploring how um, how social media usage changes as your context changes. Um, so yeah, how have you guys been? Been good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought up the college thing because I will say that the first time I was introduced to social media was when I got my college email address as a senior <laughs> in high school, which unlocked the world of Facebook to me. <laughs> so that was back in 2007 during a time when Facebook was very exclusive, and the only way you could get on it was if you had a a college or university email address. So I'd love to hear y'all talk first about your earliest memories of social media, and then 
what your first social media platforms that you got on were. Yeah, um, I can start. So I started using social media kind of when I got my phone for the first time, I think, which was like seventh or eighth grade in middle school. So you're like 13? Yeah, 13 or 14, yeah. And I think I was actually behind a lot of other people. I think most people at my school had already started like fifth or sixth grade. Um, And the first social media platform I had was Instagram. Um, I can remember like the first thing I think I posted was like a picture of my soccer team with like a ridiculous like extreme filter on it. And yeah. yeah, so that was, I did that something was, like that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, my I I think I started a little earlier than definitely Lucy did because I had an older sister and she she's four years older than me, and I think you know she was on Facebook in middle school um, or maybe it was her first year of high school, but she kind of exposed me to new things. My first exposure to social media myself was, I don't know if we count YouTube, I think it's a media thing, um, but I got a Gmail in like fourth grade, and, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, and then I got a Instagram in fifth grade, and my first handle was jbloverlana24. <laughs> yes. So uh, some things have changed, <laughs> gladly, um, but yeah, so Instagram. Yeah, I was pretty late to the social media game too, actually, like my friends started, fifth sixth-ish grade and I didn't start until eighth grade I remember clearly it was Instagram I created at my friend's birthday sleepover (laughs) and so I posted a picture of all of us together with the filter that makes the center really bright and the outside really dark (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so that was my first exposure to it that must be everyone's gateway filter (laughs) (laughs) I definitely use that too Yeah, I just remember being later on. Like for me, it was like in eighth grade. I remember versus for everyone else. I think it was earlier in middle school. And was it important to you to be on there? I think I didn't really get it because I was actually interested in the platform itself. It just seemed like what everyone else had, and so I wanted to fit in. I think a little bit. And then once you get it, you start. I felt sort of addicted to Mm. the platform. Like the impetus to get it wasn't really anything but oh, other people have it. And then once you get it, you're hooked. Yeah. I think in, like, middle school, I felt like I was going to fall behind socially or whatever if I didn't um, get it or, like, use it all the time. Things have changed, but yeah. And what did your parents think about social media, and did they have rules about how you could use it? Did they monitor how it was being used? I don't think my parents knew I had an Instagram (laughs) when I first made it because I didn't think it was, like, that big of a deal, so I didn't really, like, tell them about it. Um... But I think we had some kind of conversation maybe in, like, ninth-ish grade. Um, and they didn't really have any rules. They just wanted to see what I would posted, and it was just pictures of my friends. And they never really asked to see my Instagram or any of my social media after that. Yeah, my parents didn't put a lot of, um, like, you know, restrictions on my social media usage. But for some reason, I decided to let them follow me. Um, <laughs> so, like, now they follow me to this day. Um, so I guess maybe they can, like, maybe the pressure of them seeing what I post makes me put my own restrictions mm. on what I do, but they don't actively, you know, like, put any pressure on me to, like, act a certain way on sure. social media. Yeah, for me, it was, like, kind of almost similar, like, kind of an unspoken trust that I would just not do anything weird. I mean, mostly it was, like, selfies and, like... <laughs> photos of my feet in the sand or whatever um and like my mom's a lawyer so I knew like I cannot lie to her so it's yes. like it, it wasn't really I don't know I think they were worried but there was never like some of my friends like their parents would take their phones and like 
scroll through all their text messages or like gmail messages or whatever um but there was never really that i kind of could just do what i wanted i really feel like for for me as a 30 year old who has some friends who are starting to have kids or thinking about having kids there's this baseline absolute anxiety and fear about how one would parent a child through social media and there's just this assumption that it's so easy to abuse and people can you know when I was growing up it was like if you got on a chat room and somebody started chatting you and like tried to meet you outside of the digital world (laughs) that was the big red flag (laughs) Mm -hmm. but the uh, you know now there are so many other instances of ways that it can be abused in ways that young people can um make choices on social media that don't pan out well for them because of the way other people might share their whatever they put on social or not. So I, I, I wonder if you had sort of a, a literacy already about what should and should not go on and whether or not you had that literacy because you saw examples of it going bad. Hmm. I mean, I think one thing that social media opens up is like the ability to just be contacted by strangers, you know, like your profile and your information is out there um, for better or for worse and sometimes that means that like people can access it and use it against you or in a way that doesn't make you comfortable so yeah mm-hmm. if I'm thinking about it like when I think about like the dangers of social media yes like there's always that fear you know people say like oh colleges could use this, use this information to I don't know not accept you or whatever or Um, Like, strangers could get into your account and also find out your personal information. But when I think of the dangers of social media, it's more so, like, how it socializes uh, you and especially young people and particularly young girls. Um, And, like, I think the biggest experiences that were toxic with social media for me, like, through middle school and also through high school were concerning, like, other girls I was around like posting things that were like considered inappropriate or posting things that kind of showed their body and then it would be talked about or commented about um and that's the things that like parents would be like oh my god like did you see or or, you know what I mean totally or be like oh your friend posted this and I'd be like okay (laughs) um so when I think about like the dangers of social media it was more so like how what like I was posting or what my friends were posting, like my girlfriends, like how they were affecting my confidence or my just view towards my like girlhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. For me, like my like my dad had a Facebook. My mom doesn't have any social media, but my dad would never put his any of his real information on. So I think from that, like even his birthday or anything. And so I think from that, I just never put my personal information on it and my accounts were always private. And so I never really had that scare of like, someone hacking or anything and I didn't really see any like negative dangerous things happening with my friends at the time I think for me it was like the culture of like who's posting what and what does that say about like what you're doing or who you are so that was a topic of gossip like among your friends oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and in either and if not in person after something was posted like online um Uh and there definitely were instances of like screenshot like people screenshotting what's been posted and like you know, that's more petty and definitely more towards, like, middle school years. And But I think definitely it was, like, what people put out there was what other people judged them by. Yes. Yeah. So, Lucy, you picked these ladies to come on because you thought they each had interesting ways that they were using social media. Why don't I'm going to hand the reins over to you and you can sort of 
guided conversation through what platforms y'all are on and maybe the different ways that y'all use them. Yeah, so maybe I'll start by asking what platforms are you on and like which ones do you use the most heavily and how does your usage on different platforms, um, like what is different about it? Um, well, I am on primarily Instagram. I sometimes use Facebook just to like tag photos with my grandparents. <laughs> um, I most heavily use Instagram and I use it in a variety of ways and I also kind of go back and forth on what I think the best way is to be using it. Um, sometimes and those like back and forth I go between is like just for fun or should I use this as a platform for like social justice or activism which is something that's really important to me and always has been and then I also have a food account uh, <laughs> with my sister and we post a lot of the food we eat or cook or get at restaurants and so that's like the more fun side of what is I do. Is that a finsta? That is a food stuff. That is a food, food stuff. <laughs> I actually, Lana told me this really interesting thing I hadn't heard before, but it's the idea that the phone eats first. I oh hadn't heard that before, but <laughs> it's very true. Totally. Yes. Yeah. But. Uh, so what about you, Jasper? Yeah, I'm mainly on Instagram. I have, and I use Snapchat too. And then I have a Facebook and Twitter, but I don't really use them. I just use Facebook when I was like going to college and joining all, you know, the group chats or whatever. Um... And for Snapchat, though, recently I've been going through this whole, like, oh, my God, like, why am I on Snapchat? Because I basically just send, like, my streaks every day. I never, like, interact with people on social on Snapchat. I never, like, use any of the features. And so I don't really know why I'm on it. I have a streak right now that's, like, over 700 days. What? Yeah. What is a streak? What does that mean? That's, like, that's how many days me and this person have been Snapchatting back and forth. Okay. Like we In snap- a row. Yeah, in a row. Got it. Like, within 24 Almost hours. Almost two full years. Yeah. And so I was thinking about it, and I was like, I, I won't let it break. Like, I can't let this streak break, and I don't know why, <laughs> because I have no personal investment in it. Like, I'm still good friends <laughs> with the person, so it's not like it's some stranger, but I can't let it, I can't, like, stop Snapchatting. And that's gotten me thinking about, like, why am I, why am I, like, spending a second of my day, like, doing that when it doesn't yeah. bring anything to my Are life? Are you, like what should I Snapchat that person today? Because I have to Snapchat them, obviously. No, I don't care what I Snapchat them. <laughs> okay. It's mostly, like, half of your face, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, like, pictures of, like, what I'm eating or what I'm doing or a funny picture of my family. Like, whatever I'm doing at that moment, whenever I remember that I Are have to Snapchat. Are they also equally invested in the streak? I think so. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> but what does that even mean? Have you had a conversation like, about it? It's like, why, do, why does this matter to us? No, I haven't. Yeah. It's just kind of something that's, like, that's been fair. happening for, like, over sure. 700 days now. So <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. Time. Yeah, I know. And then also I'm on Instagram. I have my regular Instagram. Then I have a Finsta, which we can get into, like, the differences between those. But, like, yeah. Instagram's my most used social media, I think. Yeah. Could you describe what exactly a Finsta is? Yeah. So a Finsta, <laughs> I think it means, like, is it, like, fake Instagram or something? Yes. Yeah. So that's, like, the thing. But... And then you, if you have a Finsta, you also have a Rinsta, which is your, like, real Instagram. Okay. But the thing is, is both of them are accounts, and both of them are social media. And it's just, like, the idea that your Finsta, you only have, like, your super close friends following. It's super um. exclusive. But it's just interesting because your Rinsta, the real Instagram, is what you put on, like, your image you portray to people. But your Finsta, which is your fake Instagram, has all of your actual feelings and emotions about what you think about things. Fascinating. So it's actually switched. Like, yeah. your Finsta is your Rinsta, and your Rinsta is your Finsta. Wow. Yeah. Totally. I also know someone, I was actually talking to her yesterday, and she actually has two levels of Finsta. No. One is, like, 
oh, for her real friends that are both boys and girls. And then also she has like a gal finsta that's only <laughs> for like her friends who are girls. So it's like the real, real friends. <laughs> okay, so what's an example of something that you would not post on your Rensta, but you would put it on your finsta? If I'm feeling sad or um, about if something really annoying happened, I'd post it on like my finsta story because an actual finsta post like stays there but like a finsta story was only there for 24 hours so it's like it's like either clips of me singing or like if i'm feeling sad or something really annoying happened but i wouldn't put that on my rinsa because that's not like what i want people to like see about me or whatever so what what do you feel like is fits the category of rinsta material rinsas are all like curated pictures like an, to fit an aesthetic yes exactly and I've recently been doing more social like social justice things on there, but that's still like within my aesthetic of like who I am is yes. someone that's like passionate about social justice. So even that still fits that same mold. Yes. So you filter it through. Does this align with like my public facing? Self, yes. Essentially, even though my it's still like a private account. But it's like the same thing because it's like hundreds of people that follow that versus less than 100 on my Finsta. Okay. What do, do you, all of y'all have rent suspenses? Um, well, fun story. Lana and I actually had a friend stuff, <laughs> which is another type. Um, it's pretty much what it sounds like. It's like a Finsta, but a friend account version of that. So we both had access to the account, and all of the pictures would normally be of both of us. Uh, we kind of let it slide, though, uh, <laughs> two, years ago. two years ago. But, um, yeah, I was going to ask you, Jess, re- um, talking about, like, the social justice thing and how that fits into your aesthetic on social media, do you feel like you're conscious of that when you're posting things about social justice? Like, is that something you're very much aware of? Yeah, it is. And sometimes, like, I don't even know why I do this. I'll, like, see a post. I'm like, oh, that'd be really cool to repost because I, like, feel the same way. But then I won't because then it's like, like, is this an opinion that I want people seeing? Hmm. Like, for example, something that's, like, really controversial, like abortion or, like, gun rights. Gun rights I actually post all the time. But, like, (laughs) things like abortion, for example. That's, like, super controversial. And I also have people from my temple that follow my Rinsta. And so it's kind of, like... I don't know what they think, and so it's, like, that kind of topic. Are you willing to engage in that conversation with them, basically? Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. But it's, like, but when you post something, it's not a conversation. It's, like, me saying this is, like, my belief that, like, I am pro-choice and that if someone doesn't like that, like, then they, I guess, have this, like, opinion of, like, who I am. But that also goes into, like, politics, you know, right now versus, like, where we, like, don't actually engage with people. And, like, if you're this belief, then automatically they chalk you up to be something. And so... Sure. Yeah. So, okay, so then that leads me to a question. When you guys post something on Instagram, do you view it as an opening into a conversation or do you view it mostly as a ba- basically, like, a thought piece of your your um, worldview? That's an interesting question um, because... When I post, like, something political, for example, on my Instagram, I I think I always hope that it'll start into a conversation um, and hope that it would at least make people research the topic more or, you know, think, uh, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way or just, you know, do some reading of their own. But oftentimes it's weird, like, I'll post something. Well, and then people will just, like, either be like, oh, like, yes or or say like oh you're so great and I'm like that's not really why I'm posting it you know what I mean not to be like complimented for posting it um but 
I usually, like, I wish it would start a conversation. But if I'm being honest, like, I feel like more conversations happen in real life, like, in club meetings or, like, just with friends, like, hanging out than on social media. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think there's no, like community chat right section of instagram so yeah and i like what you're saying i think when you post something like you know maybe a little controversial or like advocating for something on your story or maybe even on like your actual instagram account it's more saying something about you as a person than the issue itself right you know yeah i definitely see that a lot but how much of that is like the fault of the social media versus like as like the collective people of Mm -hmm. like not recognizing that you can be different from your political opinions. Mm -hmm. It's true. And and I think you really mainly see that on Instagram. Right. And I I wonder, what do you guys think about the platform of Instagram itself that caters to that kind of attitude or culture? I think it's the balancing between aesthetic and content Mm -hmm. that makes it tricky to even like decide the what the why behind why you're posting something like do you want to actually spark people's like interest in this topic or do you want to fit the feed or do you want it to be both and then how are other people going to respond to that you know what I mean I don't know I think it's the thing about Instagram it's like it makes so much room for like bloggers and like artists but then it also makes room for politicians and that's their main platform so it, it's it's a weird balancing act that I don't think a lot of people, like, really ever get a grasp on. Yeah, but, like, Snapchat has stories, and Snapchat had stories before Instagram had stories. So why weren't people posting, like, I don't know, like, why weren't people posting political stuff on their Snapchat story? Mm-hmm. Like, why is that an Instagram story kind of thing? Uh, yeah, I see what you mean. I wonder if it's the fact that that platform existed first as something that had this notion of permanence. Mm-hmm. And so then that mm-hmm. somehow translated huh. into how people express themselves through the temporary story. Yeah, it's true because Snapchat does have like an everyday daily kind of right. impermanent feel to you, to it. You know, you literally are sending a picture of yourself that lasts at most 10 seconds and a story at most lasts 24 hours and that was what it was built around. And so when you put something that feels foundational to who you are, it doesn't really feel like that platform represents right. like, how much mm-hmm. that means to you. Right. Um, something really interesting that I've been thinking about lately like really relevant to us is like social media and how I come off going into college Mm -hmm. because um I don't know if you wanted to talk about that later but like let's do it now okay (laughs) (laughs) okay um but so Lucy and I are both heading into college um in a few weeks and part of that process has been like being being added to a Facebook group or being added to the Instagram group and posting bios and having like a flood in your request like box (laughs) from all these people who are going to your school um, and want to connect with you before meeting in person and honestly it has given me like a lot of anxiety (laughs) just because I don't know like I've just I, I feel like I have no idea if I come off on social media like I am in real life and that kind of stresses me out because sometimes I look at people first on their Instagram and then I meet them and I'm like oh they're not at all what I thought they Mm. were and I kind of don't want that to happen for me you know someone judging me before they meet me in person and like actually get to interact with me in that like genuine way and so that's been really interesting for some people it comes like really naturally but it 
it has helped me meet people, but mostly it stressed me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that a lot. I, what was it like for you last year? Yeah, it was that same kind of thing. And also, like, I think the reason why people, like, feel like you can judge someone off of Instagram is because you have to intentionally choose that picture and then post it, mm-hmm. knowing that it's going to stay there. So it's like when you look at someone's profile, you're like, oh, why did they choose to post these <laughs> pictures? So and then, like, that must say something about who they are. This must <laughs> represent who they are because it's what they're choosing to post, which is so weird. Like, it really doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, but, yeah, I did the same thing. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You guys are listening to She and Her, and we are having a great conversation about social media with a group of amazing young ladies. And I want to pivot. We have a little bit of time left. Um, One thing that Anita and I were doing earlier this year is being public about our screen time and how much time we were looking at our phones. And we could see, you know, if you have an iPhone, you can see how much of that is Instagram, how much of it is Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. How much are y'all, how much time do you think you're spending on your phones <laughs> oh God. and on social media? I listened to that episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was really funny. <laughs> but I appreciated the openness about yes. it. Um, I, I think I average um, probably like three to four hours a day. Um, yeah, it, it depends. It definitely depends on context. Like probably during the summer it goes up because I don't have as much just going on in my life. So I have more time to fill with like meaningless scrolling on Instagram. Um, but, you know, during the school year I'm in class. So like I can't text, although that doesn't stop some people. <laughs> um but yeah, I think it's definitely context dependent, but I would say around three or four hours. Yeah. Just read, are you about to publish Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. This past so. week yeah. has been five hours and 15 minutes per day, okay. which is so long. But I'm down 26% from last week, so that's great. <laughs> that's good. Um, and so out of the five hours and 15 minutes, so this says so my total was 36 hours this week. Okay. That's so much. And out of those 36 hours, 17 and a half of them are social networking. Wow. That's so much. I know I just spend hours, like, scrolling through Instagram, but I guess you just never realize it all builds up. Well, yeah, I need to share mine now because it would feel like I was hiding something otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been averaging this week three hours and 26 minutes, um, and that is above average for me. I think it's also like Lucy because I've been, like, I've had more downtime this week and just kind of... 
Oh, let me just scroll through Instagram for a while. And most of it is Instagram. And it's honestly, I mean, I do see cool things on it. And, like, since I'm posting on the food blog and everything, like, that takes up a good amount of time. But I think, honestly, it's just a habit. Like, it's just a habit that is weirdly hard to break. I try to use, I probably, you guys probably can relate, I try to use the, like, limit, the, like, the the limit this to, I think I have 45 minutes per day um, on Instagram, and then it'll be, like, like, locks me out, and it's like, ah, and then I always click, like, the, oh, allow for 15 more minutes, (laughs) and I keep doing that. (laughs) But I, um, it's like, if I'm being conscious about it, I'm like, okay, let me do something, but it's when I'm being unconscious about it that it's just, like, second nature yes yeah it's kind of like a habit whenever i'm bored i like just pick it up and start scrolling yeah and i was talking to my parents about it it's like we aren't like i don't let myself be bored anymore there's like no boredom allowed in my <laughs> life essentially because the second i like don't have something to do i just like pick up my phone and there's so much to do on your phone um and so i think that's a really interesting aspect of how we like fill our lives with even if it's like meaningless stuff just so that we're not like sitting around at least i know i do that do you does that bother you or it does yeah i also think it's become a social crutch too when Mm -hmm. people are in an interaction that's gotten awkward or like they want something to do it is sort of like a boredom filler in that sense too but like when you feel awkward you're kind of like oh i'll just pick up my phone and that'll solve the problem you know like oh yeah just go to another world it really bothers me when it's like a social interaction and you're trying to get to know someone and then there's a lull in the conversation for like oh yeah five seconds maybe <laughs> like maybe three or four and then they automatically pick up their phone and it's like I don't know I kind of I've been trying to get more comfortable sitting in silence it's not great for me because I like to talk a lot especially when I'm nervous but like I think it I don't know I think it is a good thing to go through to be yes. uncomfortable mm-hmm. yes sometimes and have to do that work yourself to yes. redirect the conversation right. or yes. like pivot Um, Y'all, I can't leave the studio tonight without asking how this shows up in, like, your dating lives. Social media. (laughs) Um, Zero. Oh, how how does it show up in my dating life? Yeah. Or, like, (laughs) crushes. How does this... Hmm. Do y'all use that for, you know, flirting with people or meeting people? So, my... I'll answer. Um, I am (laughs) not good. So, I mentioned that I've been having, like, a lot of like anxiety around like meeting even friends over social media so I'm definitely not the person who's gonna try to um meet like a like someone romantically on social media but that's just because that's how I interact and I think we all have different like skill sets or comfort levels or just different ways of engaging and I feel like I'm a very in-person Person. person and so and I don't think it's bad if you are like good at interacting over social media it has made people a lot of really good friends and like or like like some people I a lot of people I really love in my life have found their significant others through like dating apps um but I don't know I just feel like I don't know what to say (laughs) like so I don't know how to do that yeah also on snapchat I keep forgetting what I sent someone so it's like I'll send them a picture (laughs) right of like whatever I'm saying they respond three hours later I'm like wait what did I say like I can't interact with people like that (laughs) on Snapchat, really. So I'm also someone that just, like, really values in-person conversations and, like, not hiding behind a screen. So I don't find people through social media. Yeah, I just... Or interact with them. I just think it's, like, awkward. I don't really know what to do. I don't think I've, like, found a lot of people through social media, but 
I'm a big texter. Like, I, I find that Lana and I have talked about this, but some people, like, I think Lana is really good in person. Like, you get a clear, like, sense of who she is. Like, you're just a lovable person to meet in person. And then for me, sometimes I feel like my voice is clearer and more refined over text. Um, And, like, it's sort of, like, the best version of me to put forward. Mm -hmm. And you get to think more about your responses. And so sometimes I feel like I have my deepest and most meaningful conversations over text. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Wait, I have a quick question. Lucy, I think you should talk about your detox for your social media yeah. detox for a month. Yeah. So um, at the beginning of the summer, I traveled to Israel. And for a couple of months, I'd been thinking about like my social media usage. I had been, you know, deleting Instagram for like week long stints, but then re-downloading it. And it never lasted long. And so then I, you know, at the at the beginning of the summer, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to delete it for 30 days. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, even Visco, which is sort of this like, it's not really social media, but it was taking photo up, editing. you know, photo editing. Yeah. It was taking up my time. And so I deleted it for 30 days and I thought it was especially good time to do it because I was traveling and I could really immerse myself in the culture more. Um, and yeah, it was a really good experience. I wasn't thinking about posting things in the moment. I definitely was still thinking about taking pictures and documenting the experience, but not for the purpose of sharing it with anyone else, but just, you know, remember it for myself, um, which is a good experience. Have you guys ever done any sort of social media detox? Um, I I think I've done like the same thing you said, like delete it for 10 days at a time and then go back. But something that you like just made me think of is like how when you have so much access or on your mind, like to post things, it almost feels like and just like kind of in the back of my mind sometimes it might feel like the experience doesn't belong to me or my memory it belongs to like the people I'm sharing it with you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and one experience that I was really glad that I did a small detox for is when I was visiting my family in Hawaii over spring break and it was like I was taking tons of photographs um but I just had decided I wasn't going to post anything and it made almost every photograph I was taking like more fun or like every mm. moment I was in more fun because there wasn't like that anxiety around what am I going to caption this yes. or like you know the people who are going to see it or whatever it was just like oh this is just for me to remember it and I don't know I feel like I have really vivid memories of the, that trip even though like I didn't share them and yes. so like that detox like was really good for me because I felt like I could like own my memories more and you know when I came back from my like 30-day cleanse nothing had changed like (laughs) everything was exactly the same I really hadn't missed out on anything because I you know I immediately kind of re-downloaded social media when I came back and there was you know I was fine like (laughs) I hadn't missed out on anything so yeah, I've never done a cleanse, but I think I might because I just realized <laughs> that it's just like taking up so much of my time and I don't really value any, like there aren't any special interactions that I'm having. And so, sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lana, just Breed and Lucy. You guys have been so awesome. That is our show for the night. So you are listening to She and Her, which is a podcast and radio show produced at 1047 WHUP in Hillsborough, North Carolina. You can lis- listen to us wherever you get your podcast and find us at She and Radio. She, you can find us on social media at <laughs> She and Her Radio um, on Facebook and Instagram. Anita and I will be back in the studio soon with a new show, and we will talk to you then. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.